Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. In our exploration of the experience of being a caregiver, we note a couple of alarming numbers. One out of every five caregivers in the U.S. is dealing with someone diagnosed with Alzheimer's, 15.4 million people. It is the challenge that promises to revolutionize how we think of healthcare today. While we all can't resist the heroics of acute care medicine and the high-tech operating room theatrics that save lives in an instant, it is the quieter implications of chronic care over years and decades that generates the big costs to society in lost work, disrupted families, and doctor bills. A facility out in Phoenix is trying to use the rigor of medical research and the wisdom from years of working with people with Alzheimer's to craft a new way of treating people. Tina Alonzo is the Education and Research Director at Beatitudes Campus, which looks and feels nothing like a nursing home. No restraints, no rigid schedules, chocolates and lollipops are plentiful. Alonzo says rather than managing her clients more like livestock prone to escape and to not being cooperative, she chooses to develop the emotional qualities she says people with dementia retain. These strong emotional abilities can be used to improve and maintain quality of life. The emphasis is simply on helping patients feel good, making them comfortable, and allowing them to be in control. You know, all of us long for a cure um, to this hideous disease. But in the meantime, it's really important that we develop strategies for successful living for people who have trouble trouble thinking. And really, this is just kind of a, a step back in time and a reevaluation of what's important to people who have dementia and, and also what's really important to the people who care about them. How hard is it to build a life experience or a care experience around someone with dementia on their terms, understanding what makes them feel good, what, understanding what they expect as opposed to doing it in terms of what we expect them to remember, what, how we expect them to behave, those sorts of things. You know, honestly, um, it's not hard, but it does require a shift in thinking. So if we don't recognize that the person who has dementia has some strong abilities that remain, regardless of how devastating the disease is, then it's really impossible for us to acknowledge their expertise and the things that they're still able to do. So the fact that their emotional brain remains primarily intact, we can use that uh, to create moments of joy for the person. The fact that they remain an expert on their own comfort, um, we can use that. You know, we don't have to be responsible for identifying when a person is comfortable or not. It's more that they can show us through their behavior and through whatever ability they have to verbalize whether or not something suits them. If I were to be in one of your facilities, um, how would I see it as different from um, maybe a traditional facility, nursing home, or uh, you know, a managed care situation for someone who would be a danger to themselves or would be considered a danger to themselves out on their own? So rather than um, try and set the course for the person, we actually join where they are and move with them. And what that means is we eliminate those experiences uh, that all of us probably were a part of in the past where we try to force someone or coerce them into doing something based on what we think is important. We rather go with them and figure out 
really, what would make you comfortable? So we have a lifetime of of pursuing comfort for ourselves. And really this boils down to looking at what the person would do for themselves and then helping them get there. So we're really partners in caring for the person and taking our cue from them and learn to kind of coexist in whatever reality they are experiencing at the moment. And how does that work in, in practice with a, with a patient? Just give me, give me an example of, uh, of how that settles someone down or calms them down or, or um, you know, interrupts a pattern of belligerent, uh, sometimes desperate behavior that you see so many families describe in their frustrations in dealing with uh, patients with dementia. Sleeping when you want, waking when you want are important things. The person who has dementia is uh, more at risk for fatigue. So when you're tired, you don't you don't do as well. You whatever ability you have to think is compromised. You know, so being able to sleep and wake on your own terms is a big deal. Being able to eat when you want, if you're hungry, to have that need satisfied or thirsty. You know, it boils down to some basic things. Um, but in organizations, we've generally developed strong routines, and we have to reevaluate those routines and make sure that they are truly dementia-friendly if we want people to be at their best. Do people who have trouble thinking have trouble identifying and expressing uh, pain and the kind of pain that they're having? Well, if we look at the literature, we understand that people uh, with dementia generally have difficulties with pain being recognized and treated. And, you know, if we think about it, most of the time we ask people, do you hurt? Do you have pain? And the person with dementia has difficulty with both expressive and receptive communication most times. And so that verbal ability is generally compromised. The way that we look at it is through um, verbal cues that would indicate that a person has physical pain and then we aggressively treat it. Would you say this is a fundamentally new way of dealing with dementia, that it's an alternative way of dealing with dementia? Do you think you're onto something that should be the standard of care or does it not work for everyone? Is it new? Maybe some pieces of it are, especially as we're moving ahead and in identifying what pain looks like in a nonverbal adult. But not all of it is new. Some of it is a return to how we've always cared for older adults, you know, with a sense of, of respect and dignity that they so richly deserve for the lives that they've lived. What advice would you give uh, some of the 60 million or so caregivers uh, who are taking care of a family member, someone in the the situation of uh, dementia, people who have trouble thinking? Make comfort the goal. Look at what the person would do for themselves and try to approximate that as, as closely as possible. So if the person needs to shower, get clean, think about how you can make that the most comfortable thing possible for that person. It often boils down to not what we want, but what they want. They're doing the best that they can, uh, given uh, how impaired they are in terms of thinking. And it really it really behooves us, and in our comfort too, to join them where they are and not try to force them into what we think is really important. Tina Alonzo, thanks so much for speaking with us. Thanks so much.